Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. Y'all know what time it is. It's Race Chat Live. Glad to have y'all here on this Monday night. Boy, oh boy, we got tons of stuff to bring to you here tonight. I'm glad that you're listening. I have my partners in crime with me here tonight. I have uh, Mr. Craig Moore in the studio and also the Tasmanian devil himself, Mr. Taz Taylor. Guys, how are y'all doing? Oh, y'all, man. It's getting, it's getting exciting. Find a 200 happened this weekend. What a throwdown. Yeah, but That's more crazy. exciting than that. Somebody won 10 grand in the 50-50. I mean, holy shit. Yeah, that person sat right next to me, believe it or not. Did you beat her up? No. No. Not with the two uh, giant security guards, quote unquote. Next door. Oh. Probably a good idea. <laughs> Probably a good idea. You're a you're a scrawny kid from you're a scrawny kid from Fulton County. They're from Albany. You'd probably get hurt really bad. So. Uh, yeah, it was a hell of a weekend racing-wise. It started, it actually started, I think, Wednesday night with the Archer race. Thursday was the truck series. Friday was Xfinity. And Saturday, well, Kevin Harvick got a black eye. I'm still trying to figure out how the hell that happened. Maybe Delena beat him up. <laughs> you there? Yeah. He came back from the infield care center doing an interview or whatever it was, and he had a pair of sunglasses or he had a pair of sunglasses on at night. Now I know Corey Hart back in the '80s, Chris, you'll remember this. That song, "I Wear My Sunglasses at Night." Well, I don't really know why there was a need to wear sunglasses unless you just got popped in the face by Chase Elliott. My goodness gracious! I I, I think I must have missed this one. Um. I did not notice that he cut back out with sunglasses on, but I, I don't. I don't believe that uh, there was any punches thrown uh, from the fiasco at the Coliseum this past Saturday night. It was. Uh, it's kind of where you draw the line in the sand uh, between Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. If you're an old school race fan, you love Kevin Harvick. You're part of this new breed snowflake shit, then you're probably a Chase Elliott fan. 
So, I mean, you know, it's kind of uh, – this is a hell of a rivalry. To hear my driver get booed by the fans as they all seem to love their little golden child, Mr. Chase Elliott, uh, it was – it was. Uh, I mean, it, did it – the Hendrick Motorsports cost Kevin Harvick a win. And if I was Kevin Harvick, I'd have been pissed as hell too. Did I think that he should have left his helmet on when he got out of the race car? Hell no. But I've got some funny tweets about that here in a later segment uh, that we'll call Toasted Tweets. That's just a little bit of a that's just a little bit of a a tease there for you guys. But uh, I mean, I'm ready to dip into all the the greasy, grimy subjects of this past weekend. I know, I know that we're going to have a, a, a segment uh, that, uh, in regards to what happened uh, up north with the Fonda Raceway. I also know that uh, Brian, uh, Brandon Hightower's race with $50,000 to win uh, Super B100 has been rescheduled for this weekend. Guys, it ain't only 50000 to freaking win. It's 20000 for second place. Oh, my God. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, when you get to finally the 10th, it's $1,000, which is probably more than what your local track would pay uh, for, uh, for for a weekly win. So a lot of big big stuff on my side. Since we're going to dab into dirt and we're going to dab into what happened at Bristol, there is one most important question before we move forward that we need answered right here, right now. Taz Taylor, do you know what that question is? What's that question? Do we put dirt back on Bristol, or do we, or is Bristol back, baby? I think if both the ways, Bristol's back. I mean, you, I love Bristol on dirt. Um, it, I mean, they like the fact that they're doing the night race version of it this next year instead of, I mean, we didn't get much of the, we didn't get much of what dirt racing really is, being that it was all dusty and stuff, but I like the fact that they tried it and they listened and they're going to go at it again and do it the night race, see if they get better reaction out of it. Bristol night on the pavement delivered, and you know what? Even though Bristol wasn't a, like, two-lane track that we've seen in the last few years because of the traction compound or whatever, I actually like the fact that it that it went back to you if you wanted to move up in position, you had to use the inside lane. Or, if you could really drive the car off of that, like Larson kind of did at times, dude, you've got yourself a race. Great. Yeah, I uh, I like the, I like the, uh, I think it was a great race this weekend. I watched it pretty much I think I fell asleep with, with 50 to go, but it was it was phenomenal, and I'm excited to 
see it under the light next year. Hopefully they'll get that dust issue uh, somewhat figured out. But it was a good race all in all. So, but, so, oh, so Tad, you guys I, I do players. have a question for you. But, but, I do but, have but, a question but, what, for you, Tad. For me? Yeah. What's Chris that? and I want to know how that crow tastes that you got to eat tonight. That what? That crow. Because what did you tell us? Bowman and Byron weren't going to make it in. Oh, you want to go there? I told I mean, y'all Christopher <laughs> Bell was moving on, and none of y'all thought of that. You guys thought Kurt Busch was moving forward instead of Christopher Bell, and I told you all the same deal. Yeah, but, you know, you're a Hendrick fan, so you even threw your buddy out the door. But anyway, hey. I digress. Byron squeaked through, that's all I'm saying. Hey, uh, squeaking through is as good as the wind. Squeak, squeak through because of Kurt Busch's failure to, to to capitalize three tracks that that car should have been good at. For him to walk away from Bristol with a 19th place finish was disgusting. This is a guy that has won at this place six freaking times. But I'm sure since they get their motors from uh, Mr. Hendrick, he probably was going to make sure that uh, Kurt Busch, is, you know, doesn't knock one of his guys out, right? I mean, that, I mean, you know, I'm just saying. So, Kurt. go ahead, Dad. Kurt Busch, I agree. He had to capitalize on some of the mistakes Byron and Bowman were making, but when push came to shove, they got the last laugh. Now, I I did say Bowman and Byron were possible eliminations, but I don't, only because Bowman somehow survived some of his worst tracks this past round. Byron, he's he's been inconsistent for me this year. Like, he runs in my eyes. Like, he's good for a couple races straight, and then he, like, doesn't make much of noise the next number of races. And then you have this wonky round that he had where he struggled, and then he pulled one out of his rear. Where it, when it really mattered and got a podium finish out of it. Kurt Busch, I was I was hoping he he would move on, but unfortunately Bristol just wasn't his wasn't his time. Amarola, McDowell, they are who we thought they were. Yeah. Tyler Reddick did not capitalize. Kurt Busch did not capitalize. That's why those two guys are on the outside looking in. I would have never bet that neither one of those guys would have made it in, but it's a Chevy eat Chevy dog world. So in a way, like I said, I'm not surprised. 
the 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 the, the Hendrick favorite, the the Chevy favorite, made their way in, and the other two got the cut. Now, of course, Kurt Busch finished last at Richmond. Nobody would have expected that, right? And had and had Kurt Busch come up with a solid top ten, top fifteen finish, the the chase would have the, this round would have been completely different. But instead, this round was decided in the closing laps of this race. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It had me on the edge of my seat the entire race. Y'all both agreed that y'all liked the dirt racing side of this. I, I don't I, – I can't necessarily agree with you guys. I, I think that there was a ton of other places that NASCAR could have went to that could have really showed off the dirt thing. I think this comes – this is a gimmick from a game. This was, you know, this is a game that you played on NASCAR Heat 5. And, uh, you know, we, you, you throw gimmicks and games, and that's kind of what you get when you show up to the racetrack. And uh, it, was, it was not a successful race. Uh, there was issues. Could it be fixed? Yeah, but, I mean, let's go to a dirt track and fix this. Let's, if we've got Bristol back to where this place is, the Coliseum that it once was, and I promise you after this, this weekend, wow, the Truck Series race, the ARCA race, the, the Xfinity race. Oh, my God. We could have a whole show just talking about the last lap of the Xfinity race. That could very well be the best finish ever in the history of Bristol. Who can argue me? Oh, Okay. To rattle your cage, I meant to rattle his cage, Terry Labonte and, and Dale Earnhardt, that's two guys. Man, we had four guys battling for the lead. We had three guys wrecking at the finish line, which created even more of a fiasco. Literally, we are missing everything by not talking about the finish of the Xfinity race. And why? We have so much to talk about. That's that's what's beautiful about this moment in racing right now, this time of year. But also, when you have a race like that at Bristol, you just don't want to see – you want to see that product. You don't want to see anything different. And I, I digress. I mean, the argument's left on y'all's end. Xfinity, no. Xfinity at Bristol, one of the greatest finishes I have ever seen – and that didn't leave your jaw on racing the floor. in a long time. Like, <laughs> I, don't know what four, I can't believe it. I mean, I don't even know how they tech the freaking AJ Allmendinger car. <laughs> how did they teched it? I mean, they had to because he won the race, but like, how? <laughs> the thing was damaged. It was like, it was, a, it was like, a, um, like a piece of paper that you just crumbled to a ball and tried to make a basket out of it. That's what his car was. It only reminded me of the only other time I believe I've seen this happen, and that was at the uh, – well, Terry Labonte was able to drive his car in the victory lane, I believe. I'm not sure. Don't hold me on that one. It was a long time ago. But definitely Davey Allison, you know, at the uh, All-Star race in 1992. Unfortunately, Davey didn't get to go to victory lane. He went to the hospital. But uh, luckily, uh, A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, quickly exited the vehicle after that wreck, but I mean they totaled out like three Kellogg cars <laughs> to to win that race. 
And how about the streak that A.J. Allmendinger's been on? Oh, my God. I mean, we can really turn this into the Xfinity report here tonight, but uh, I know we've got other topics to discuss. Craig, your thoughts. No, I think the I was I had it on mute. I think the uh, I think the Xfinity race, from what I was able to see, was good. I was a little tied up Friday night, uh, forty thousand feet up in the air, but <laughs> what I was able to see of it was pretty good. Um, by the time I got back to the house, it was it was already over. But you know, getting back to what Chris said, I think that. He had said, Chris, you had said, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you feel Bristol was a uh, a gimmick race, for a better lack of a term. That there was other tracks that they could put it at. While I agree with you, I think that if they iron out the uh, the, the the problems that they had this year with the dust. And the cloud cover, as far as the dust goes, I think it'll be a hell of a race, and I think it'll it'll do a lot better uh, this year, this coming year. And uh, hopefully we'll get into the schedule for uh, 2022 tonight. I don't know what the itinerary is, but I know at the bottom of the hour, in about 12 minutes, we're going to start the roundtable discussion of uh, who we think is going to be in the – who we think is going to be in the eight, and uh, not the car number, but the round of eight. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll have to see what they do to make improvements for next year for Bristol. And uh, I'm a little still a little ticked off about the. I think it's a good idea to bring it to a new market, the Bush Clash, or whatever the hell they call it oh, now. Oh, the L.A. Coliseum, great, Craig, great, because this was actually announced after our show last week. So we haven't been able to actually discuss how we what what our takes are on this move to the LA Coliseum. I thought that we were in the process of trying to save team money teams money. So I'm not really understanding why we're sending twenty something teams out to California only to turn them back around and bring them to Daytona. Only to turn them back or right back around and send them back to California. It doesn't seem like cost effective measures there. Well, that's what yes, I was saying in my video. I believe it was this morning. Was we're going, we're going to the West Coast, then we're coming back to the East Coast, then we're doing a West Coast swing before we come back to the East Coast. I mean, that was part of that was part of my dialogue this morning. Was I, I didn't mention about the cost effectiveness. I just don't see how that how that's good scheduling. I guess you want to bring it to a new market, but. It just doesn't seem like uh, it's going to, like you said, Chris, like it's going to save the teams a boatload of money. Well, well I'm interested to see what... This is another gimmick race, uh, but I'm looking forward to it from what I've seen from the iRacing uh, demo that uh, it's going to be a pretty cool race. This is not the first time that NASCAR has gone to a Coliseum and uh, in race. Uh, they've been to Soldier's Field once before and uh, put on a show there. That was back in the 50s, I would believe, something to that uh, extent. So they, they actually looked into going to the soldier field but realized that it wouldn't work there. So they uh, 
It's up in the LA Coliseum. And this is not anything that they just jumped into either, guys. Remember last year, we were like, what if they don't open the season in Daytona? And we were like, oh, hell no. Like, they could never not open the season with the Daytona 500, even though, you know, years ago they really did open the season outside of uh, Daytona. It was the, uh, I believe, the Ontario uh, or Riverside, Riverside race. Uh, out in California, the road course. So, um, but uh, I, I think it's going to be cool. I don't want to down it yet. It's definitely not a cost-saving measure. Um, I've, I'm interested to know how these 20, uh, 33, 3,500-pound race cars are going to have uh, what type of load they're going to carry on a 16-inch thick asphalt racetrack that was just put down for this race and this race only. Um, that's going to be interesting uh, because it doesn't seem like uh, 16 inches. Seems like a lot until you put a 3,500-pound race car on there for 200 laps. <laughs> All of a sudden, uh, 16 inches is not uh, it's, it's, it's not it's not that thick. I mean, at least that's what she said. <laughs> well, <laughs> My take on the LA Coliseum. My take on the LA Coliseum. Uh, I don't see how it's cost effective either. But my God, what a great freaking idea for doing it on a short track! Full send it, suckers. Flat, a flat. And uh, fine. Quarter mile. A flat bank. quarter mile racetrack. Um, I don't care if it's flat this- or bank. You're on a short track. Full send them. You have no points on the line. You, it's only money. Throw them out there. So, Chaz, do you think that they should allow all the race teams to go out there and have maybe two heat races to decide who it is, or should they stick to the Bush Clash? Sorry, Bush. If they would stick to the Clash uh, uh, normal, yeah, even though they change it up every year. But basically the Clash is anybody who's got a pole. Right? Do they do they stick to that? Because there was really no there was no qualifying this year, so this is the year of no polls. Uh, I'm sure the strippers are very upset. Uh, but uh, so I mean, how, I guess if it were my if it were my pick, I would say let's bring all 40 cars out there, and we're gonna race two heat races and lock in the top 10 in each one. I mean that's uh well, the clash. There's a certain Criteria of who races in it. Criteria? Wow, that's a big word. No wonder I couldn't figure it out. Well, with the Clash, you have your playoff drivers, um, past winners, and I believe past Daytona 500 winners or something like that, they get in. So you're only going to get like 20, maybe 25 out of the whole deal. But if it were me to do this, I would... I would put them out in heat races, kind of like duels, 10 laps, heat heat, how you finish is how you line up for the main. Main clash, send them out there for 50 laps. Have at it, boys. Boogity, boogity. Short track racing. Interesting thought. Interesting thought. uh, Craig? What is your idea of the perfect L.A. Coliseum race? Not to have it. Not to have it. 
Well, look, look, we were okay. Okay, see, this is where I don't get you guys sometimes. Like you, you're you're anti this but pro that. So you're you're all about putting dirt on Bristol, but you're not open for to a Coliseum and racing on there. Even though if I told you it was going to be dirt cars at the Coliseum, I believe you both would say, "Oh, that's the coolest shit in the whole world!" Like let's go no, 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 because I still look at No, no, hold on, hold on. Next, I see you, damn Yanks. Set this side, yes, whatever. No, no, I no. Can't. Here's it. Here's why I don't think it's a good idea. And it has to do with, and Chris, you brought it up and I brought it up. It has to do with cost effectiveness. NASCAR is on this whole kick. We're trying to save teams money. How the hell are we saving teams money if we're sending them out to the West Coast and back to the East Coast? And like you brought up, they're putting down 16 inches of asphalt to run these cars on, 3,200-pound cars. It's not going to hold up. There's going to be nothing but problems. NASCAR is going to get egg on their face, which is probably a 75% guarantee because how the hell are they going to uh, make sure that this asphalt is is tested enough to make sure it can in, in, endure the, the amount of beating it's going to get? I mean, 16 inches is good in a porn movie, but it isn't good enough for... Uh, it isn't good enough for uh, NASCAR. It's a shade of 16 inches. Now, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't care if the clash is dirt or asphalt. If they're doing asphalt, I'll still enjoy it. It's a damn short track. I'm totally for the Clash on a short track. I even said last year when we were talking about the Clash, put them on a short track. You have nothing to lose, nothing to gain. It's an exhibition race. You're only out there to get money. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, there's so many different other ways where they can spend the money. If you take money and it's not the issue, do you bring do you bring the this year's cup cars or do you is this your debut of the generation seven? I would use oh, your it'll gen be this year's. Huh? Use your gen six. So you use up the old ones already. Use up the gen six. Who cares anymore after that? Yeah, yeah, I think you use this year's cars. Um because what are you going to learn? What are you going to learn from the new car? Probably not a whole lot of nothing. So use up your inventory. You build one specifically for that. You start on it, obviously, now. And I'm sure they started on it three weeks ago. I'm sure the teams knew about this three, four weeks ago. So they've already, you know, got their... Bristol car from the spring converted over to this uh, they'll start converting it over for this short track waste of time LA Coliseum race <coughs> and uh, so that way they have a head start run the old cars and that way when we go back to Daytona we're running the uh, we're running the Gen 7 cars and we can see what they really got what they really got going I'm 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can see doing this race like in January, like after in between the Super Bowl and maybe the college, uh, the national championship game, like the Rose Bowl or something like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's not our call. I believe I will support this race, as I have many of the other ones. Uh, I'm not going to uh, – I'm not going to boycott it. Uh, I'm not a no, I'll watch it. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy it, uh, whether it be NASCAR falling flat on their face or it becoming very successful. I guess the first thing everybody was concerned about was, how do they put in the soft walls? How are they going to make it? Safe for the drivers. First of all, on a quarter-mile racetrack, you're not going to be going to more than about 50 miles an hour any damn way through the corners. I mean, that's for sure. And I'm sure that they're going to be pretty sharp corners. So, But uh, second of all, haven't you guys ever heard of stadium truck series? Like, they've been doing this for a while. So the, the technology is already there. Plus, we've seen this at the, uh, at the Dome with the dirt cars. Uh, we've seen it in stadium trucks. We see it every year at Chili Bowl. Well, where there's a will, there's a way. They're going to make this thing as as cool as they can and as safe uh, as they can as well. So, uh, no uh, no concerns here. Um, it's once again NASCAR thinking outside the box. I, 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 there's a, a couple of things I don't agree with, but uh, like number of placements and uh, you know a couple of other little small things. Other than that, hey, man, I'm down to try anything once, except I won't do that. No, I'm down to try anything once. That's why I got married once. But you won't do that. You know, I think that uh, I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. I I hope that it works out well. Anything for love. Who oh, I won't do that. <laughs> you guys you guys are too much. <laughs> All right. Well in about thirty seconds we'll be going live from our race chat live Facebook page with our round table discussion. We'll like to to talk with you fans and see what your guys' input is on the whole ordeal. And you'll hear our thoughts and our opinions for each driver. And I think Chris and Craig will say I'll have a controversial bottom four. They'll be eliminated after this. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we won't be too far off. Uh, You know, I think – how, how many did we, as a team, correctly guess from the last one? How, how, how many did we guess right? Two? As a team, well, right? As a we missed, team, like, three of them. Yeah. As a team, we got Harvick correct. Kurt Busch, we got wrong. It, well, I personally got it right, but. Okay. I mean, but we're, we're going as a team here. I mean, we well, all as our... a team, As a team, Kurt Busch was wrong. B.K. Logano, Byron, Hamlin, Bowman, Elliott, Kyle Busch, Blaney. I would actually all but one. We got see. right. See, see there. You see how awesome we are. And who was that? Who was that? Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell of Kurt Busch. Right. See how good we are, guys. 
See, when you put all three minds together, that was awesome. I mean, we don't even give ourselves credit where credit's due, guys. Come on. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the same formula for this one, right? Yep, we go down driver by driver and see. And if we get two out of three, they move forward. Right. So, I mean, hey, it worked for the last time. Our formula's good. We got three out of four. That ain't bad. Yeah. I think that's another uh, two two out of three ain't bad. Is this a meatloaf night? Come on. Where's my damn (laughs) DJ? <laughs> I had spaghetti tonight. I didn't have meatloaf. I had spaghetti. What did yeah. I have? We had we had chicken parm. Oh, so we're Italian. We're staying on the Italian side. Wow, meatloaf. Is meatloaf considered Italian? That should be the poll question. There we go. Is meatloaf considered Italian? Well, I don't know. If you put Italian seasoning in it, maybe. Well, I do. Of course. Yeah, you know what? You put Italian seasoning in it, tomato paste, and, and tomato sauce on top of it. So, yeah, it's right. Italian. Yeah, yeah, it's Italian. Okay. All right. So, uh, whoever I got over there working on you, on my side for you, man, that is awesome. I love them folks. Uh, very rarely do Craig and I agree on something. We come to an agreement on that. that that's awesome. Uh, so, uh, let's let's sit down at the table. Let's lay Let's it on out there with what, what tracks we have coming up. I believe it's Las Vegas, Talladega, and what's the... The Charlotte Roval. Oh, my God. So, we have what we have here is we've got a mile and a half. We've got a super speedway. And yep. And we got a road course. There you go. Four drivers are not going to be here in three weeks. Well... Let's start with the preface. I'm going to say this right now. I'm confident in two of the three tracks. Kyle Larson moves forward. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would pencil Kyle Larson into the final final four today. I would pencil him in. Oh, absolutely. But but we don't have to. I'm just telling you. We're going to start at the beginning of the list instead of the bottom of the list. This is this will be interesting. All right. All right. So we got Kyle Larson moving forward to the round of eight. Next up is Martin Truex Jr. I think I think he will do well enough. He does he does pretty good road courses. Las Vegas is mile and a half where, I mean there ain't no luck in the play. Him and his crew have done very well this year. Talladega, while him and Super Speedways don't get along, I say he's on the same page as Larson. He'll do well two out of these three. He moves forward. I mean, he has a great track record at road courses. Probably the only other driver with a better track record outside of A.J. Allmendinger, who's now a full-time participant in the series, of course, would be Chase Elliott. Uh, Martin Church Jr., I'm for sure would be a bid for the eight. I think you've got enough bonus points to kind of get him through this 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 uh this side of it. Craig. Uh, no, I agree. Martin Jr. is uh definitely going is definitely going in and so is Kyle Larson. And uh I think you guys are gonna be a little bit shocked 
at who I say is not. We'll get to when we get down to the when we get down to that. I think that uh, you're going to say, "What the hell are you thinking?" But uh, I uh, let's see. Let's go with uh, Al Chase. Uh, hold on, my bad. I got to scroll no, back the up. The third, the third, the third, the third. We're, we're going in order, right? Yep, we're going in yeah, order. Denny Hamlin. It's third. Denny Hamlin. He's moving forward. Yeah. He's moving forward, absolutely. His average finish this year is an 8.55. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, and in 2020, he was a 9, 9.3, and in 19, he was a, his average finish was a 9. Uh, Las almost Vegas 9 is a 550-horsepower race, guys, 550-horsepower. The JGR cars have been their best at 750 horsepower racetracks. They've been very dominant on that side. The 550 has not been the strong point for these Toyotas. There's about 11 horsepower difference. I know we say 550 horsepower, but somehow or another throughout the year, these Chevy motors have been creating about 11 more horsepower than the other uh, cars on this engine program that they have for the 550. Horsepower. I know that doesn't make any sense, but look it up, guys. It's what they said. Somehow or another, Chevy's producing more power than the other teams are. That's why they've been so dominant. Denny Hamlin has squeaked his way in by a win. Before that win, we thought, hey, you know, this guy could he, – he's not a lot. I'm not saying he's going to get put out. But I'm not telling you that Denny Hamlin is running for a championship yet. He could be. No the Tony Stewart of a few years ago, but I've got to see him win at Vegas or win at Talladega or win at the road course. If I had to pick any of those three, I'd pick Denny Hamlin, but I've been to Talladega for a long time. I've never seen Denny Hamlin in victory lane at Talladega. So maybe this will be the first, but for some reason, I don't think Denny Hamlin runs too well at Talladega. I like this. If there's a stat somebody that can grab some stats on there, maybe. Uh, but, as y'all have said, I will pencil him in in the round of eight. Yeah, I'll put him in in the oh, round of eight. Now, right? Yeah, I mean, barring another, barring another, uh, you know, but it seems like he thrives on controversy. So, yes. I think his, his thing with his old lady a few weeks ago really fired him up. And he was able to block it out and use it as momentum going forward. Two-finger Denny. That's right. Yeah, Two-finger Hamlin. He was able to uh, channel that and bring that into a win. Now, Kaz, did you say yay or nay on him? I said the first three drivers we talked about, I said move forward. Yeah. All right. Ryan Blaney. Yep, Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney, I have all the confidence in the world he moves forward, and here's why. He's shown this season he could run well and be competitive for wins. He's won at the Charlotte Roval before. He's won at Talladega multiple times. His mile-and-a-half program is getting better than what it used to be. I say Ryan, young Ryan Blaney, move forward. 
Correct? Yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue, Ryan Blaney. You know that there's three cars that are coming out of Penske that are locked in. One of these guys is going to get knocked out this round, whether that be Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, or Joey Logano. It seems like right now Ryan Blaney's got more things working for him than against him. There's this built-in rivalry between buddies, uh, the Chase Elliott-Ryan Blaney situation. What I've always wanted to see is Ryan Blaney become the better driver than Chase Elliott because, you know, it's just my dream, right? You got a Ford guy, you got a Chevy guy, you got a guy that probably plays with uh, baby dolls and, and, uh, and, and has tea parties versus a guy who drives Broncos and goes to bullfights. Um, you, you can see the correlation of the two, right? Two opposites, and they're friends. So I would love to see Ron Blaney run for a championship, and I'd love to see Ron Blaney wreck Chase Elliott for the win in Phoenix. That would be the awesomest thing in the whole world. So, yeah, I'm going to pencil, I'm going to pencil Ron Blaney in, but I know that one Penske driver is not going to make it. All right, so you ready? 2021, his average finish is 11.79. 2020, his average finish is 13.83. 2019, 13.72. If he can continue, significant improvement here. But, if he continues on that, if he screws up one race and doesn't finish well the next two, he's done. And I'm going to put that he does not move to the round of eight. So I don't believe he's going to move to the round of eight. Ooh. So Chris and I are on the same page of Ryan Blaney moving forward, of my understanding this. Yes. All right. Well, Craig, your controversial call is right here. Ryan Blaney, I guess, moves forward. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't think so. I don't think so. So. Kyle Busch, absolutely. (laughs) Why? Kyle Busch, absolutely. Yeah, why? Because he's Kyle Bush, he will overcome. He will overcome. Okay. Even though what if, he does not have a good record, average finish for the last three years for these tracks. Uh, his best average finish was 8.94 in 2019. I think that I think that uh, Joe Gibbs will get their head out of their ass as far as he's concerned. And uh, he'll move on to the round of eight. All right. Well, I'm going to argue this factor, and you and you're and you kind of already proved my point on this. Mm-hmm. I said Ryan Blaney moving forward because the best average finish of these three tracks of all the playoff drivers, including the ones that were already eliminated, they were just eliminated. Ryan Blaney has the best out of all 16 with a 10.4 since Craig's were going to put numbers into factor. Ryan Blaney, 9.2 average finish at Las Vegas. Talladega, 
even though he has a couple wins in there, average finish of 17.4. He has the best average finish of all playoff drivers at the Charlotte Roval with a 4.7. You're gonna, so this is where I'm going to argue, Craig, of why Ryan Blaney moves forward, and I'll argue the fact that Kyle Busch does not move forward. That's right. I have Kyle Busch eliminated. See ya. Goodbye. His best track at this round is going to be Las Vegas. As the old Mortal Kombat would say, finish him. I myself believe that Crowley Bush will not make it to the next round. All right. Why? 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 I'm going to tell you why. We all know he sucks at Talladega. We all know he sucks at Las Vegas. And he's probably not going to do much at the road course. So, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. He's had that kind of year. He's not motivated. He's upset. We're not seeing... We're not seeing him in playoff mode, as LeBron James would say. Uh, Crowley Bush looks like he's on his way out. He's going to join his brother as an early out in this year's Eliminated. Kyle Bush is going to be one of two Joe Gibbs cars eliminated in this round. Mm, Not so fast. But we'll get there when we get there. Next on the list, Chase Elliott. I say move him forward. Charlotte Roval, he's dominated that sucker last year. Talladega. Uh, he ain't the greatest, but at least he's top 20. And he runs average at Las Vegas. But his finish at but I believe Charlotte Roval will put him over you, without a question. I would say Chase Elliott move forward. Looking at the looking at the rest of the field, I would say Chase Elliott moves forward. Chase Elliott. No, I agree. Forward. I think Chase Elliott. I think Chase Elliott is going to be in your final four. <laughs> what? What? I didn't what? start it. What did he say? No, I, I mean, Chase Elliott is eliminated? No, oh, I say Chase Elliott's going. Chase Elliott's going right to your final four. Oh, he's got a pencil man already. Wow. Wow. If Kevin Harvick has any say so, I don't think he will. Well, but, you know but, what? Wait till you get, but, wait till you get two but, out of three racetracks that he can win at here. And I'm not saying that he can't win at Las Vegas either, but I feel like Kyle Larson will probably be the, the winner coming up to Las Vegas. Uh, so I, I can't argue that Chase Elliott makes it to the next round. I would, in my best dream ever, he would reckon all three races and not make it. I, I, but he does have multiple wins under his belt. He has not proved to us that he can win an oval this year. So I think that is... Uh, that's something to to weigh in. Uh, if it comes down to him having to win at the Roval, I'm not sure that he can handle that pressure. Uh, he seems to boil over pretty easy. Um, and if I was Kevin Harvick, I wouldn't let him. I wouldn't let him win. I mean, seriously. 
Uh, this would be a whole other Joey Logano, Matt Kenseth deal. But I'm not going to win. If, if, he, if I, There's not just him not making the next round uh, Kevin Harvick. That they really wouldn't encounter there. But but we're talking about a streak that's been his whole career, right? I mean, he's he's won a race every year of his career, hasn't he? Or has it been since 2006 or something? It was 2006 that he didn't have a win. But, yeah, but Kevin Hart, yeah, Harvard. Harvard's won almost every year of his career. So, uh, um, you know, the, the, they're going to get harder for him to win. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, retaliation. If, Stuart, if uh, Kevin Harvick doesn't find himself in a good spot coming to Roval. Uh, so I guess that puts Chase Elliott in going to the next round. I have a feeling That's things right. are fixing to get a little bit dicey. We've already eliminated one guy. It's Kyle Busch. We've got, uh, we've got three more to eliminate from here forward. So the, uh, the definites I know are over with. This is where it's going to get interesting. Who's in that next spot, guys? We have Alex Bowman, and I will make the early call. He is gone. See Mm -hmm. ya. Out the door. I agree. Wow. Three wins this season, and it means nothing. You both agree. So Alex Bowman is already off the table before I can even get in my two cents. Well, Uh, is this 12 angry men? Do I need to to try to convince you of why I think that Alex Bowman is the sleeper pick, Hendrick? Man, I'm interested. I, I'll bite. Well, I, I, will, really I will say this. Way. I will say this. Like last round with William Byron, I think Bowman is eliminated in this round, in my opinion. But I do say, if he does make it into the next round, he squeaks in. But I don't yeah. see him moving forward. If he moves to the next round, I will say that it goes with his unpredictable up-and-down season. Because the one thing that he has not done is uh, – one thing that Alex Bowman has not had this year is consistency. He has had – he's had been consistent and consistently not being consistent. So if he finds himself by chance in the final eight, it's because he was inconsistent of being inconsistent. Because right now, he's been pretty inconsistent. So I have to say, in my inconsistency, that I would probably vote Alex Bowman off as well, just based off of his inconsistency uh, this season. All right. So, with that being <clears> said, <throat> Kyle Bush so and Alex are Bowman. Now out. Two drivers, two drivers are now out. off the board. William Byron's the next one. Craig, really your intake. Craig's intake on this one. All right. The guy who only has one win, maybe two wins in his entire career at Hendrick Motorsports. Go ahead, Craig. Uh, all right. So his 20th, uh, 2021 season, his average finish was 13.66. 2020, 16.9 over the last three races. Uh, 2019-1489. But I'm going to say that they're going to find something that he squeaks in by one point to the next round. They're going to so figure this is. out, and he's going to he's going to sneak in the next round. He's going to he's going to 
He's going to squeak he, his way in. But he Craig is number eight. In. Chris. Huh? Uh, with Willie B, he's probably the biggest question mark in this entire chase because unlike Alex Bowman, we've yet to see Willie B break out. Uh, the Hendrick cars have been consistent at mile and a half speedway. Uh, he is consistent on road courses. And uh, he doesn't, there's no actual plate race, super speedway race that I believe has stood out for Willie B. But you know that given in the right spot in the right time, I mean, I, I, I can remember a couple of successful Xfinity and uh, maybe truck race wins at a super speedway. But I'm not I'm not I'm not recalling any uh in the cup series unless he maybe had won a clash or something, not a clash. Let's maybe maybe I have to So yeah, I I'm buying that Willie B's gonna squeak in. He's gonna barely squeak in, but but for sure he's he's in the he's in the final eight. Oh you guys up, no. man. You guys outnumber me. I have William Byron getting out of this round. So two Chevy cars by by Taz. So let me mark. Let me write this down. Taz eliminated Bowman and Byron. Byron. Wow. So Byron squeezes in, but not not under the guidance of Taz Moore. Taz Moore. <laughs> Taz Moore. <laughs> Shit. Craig, I'm apparently your son. <laughs> we got I don't own you. Oh Lord have mercy. Well, I'll explain no, why just... Willie B is no, he, he's out. Bye bye. Okay. So William Byron, Las Vegas, maybe his only chance. Well, actually, this could be argumentative as we go farther. Twenty point three average finish at Las Vegas. <laughs> 17.1 average finish at Talladega. 15.3 average finish at Charlotte. Wow. You pull all that he together. Has... You pull all that together. 17.6 average finish. Ooh. That, with the remaining 12 drivers into the playoffs, he is the third from the bottom. Wow. Telling me William Byron is eliminated here. Uh, I see. I see, senor. I see. So are you two sticking with that, or did I convince somebody to swing? Who do we have? Listen, I might DJ to swingers for once in a while, but I'm not swinging on this one. We have Christopher Bale and Kevin Harvick as, as our last one. Is that right? We have. We have the two Penske guys and Logano and BK. Oh, Logano and Bell BK. and Harvick mm. are left. So Byron. So we have two Penske, Bell and Harvick. And we've allowed Bowman. Bowman's already kicked kicked off. Your last two title for. Yeah. All right. So we got who left? I'm sorry. I'm putting. Bell I'm. And Harvick. We got Bell and Harvick. Bell can go. Bell's going bye-bye. All right. Mm. I agree. Thank you for saying that so. Boy's he, has the worst, 
He has the worst average finish amongst the last, final twelve split, final twelve drivers we have right now. He was a no doubter. See ya. Bell wins at the Roval. What? What do you got, Matt? What do you got, that Special sauce you had tonight? Yeah. Uh, you know what, Chris? You know what, Chris? If Bell wins the Robo, I'm willing. I'll give you an extra five points. I mean, he's already won a road course this year. He won at uh, he won at the Daytona Road Course. We're sleeping on the fact that Bell is a road course racer. He is a short track racer. He is a dirt racer. All of these combine into making him a good road course racer. Well, all right. Well, we'll have it. We'll have to see. Uh, thank well, God we got a week. Unfortunately, Craig and I have outnumbered Chris on this one. So bells off the table, which means we have three drivers, two spots. Logano, BK, Kevin Harvick. I am confident that we will move on. Joey freaking Logano, Giggles Logano, moves on. Giggles. <laughs> Is that his stripper name in Vegas? You know what? This makes me go. This makes me regret my Byron pick. Oh, Chris might be swinging. I might have convinced them over. This really puts me in a predicament because I'm looking at Talladega. There's nothing that signals Talladega better than Brad Keselowski. Right. Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, and Joey Logano. Those are the three guys left on the table, and all three of those guys can win at Talladega. And not just because anybody can win at Talladega, but because these guys are good at Talladega. Brad Keselowski... If he wins this time at Talladega, he will be the most, the all-time winningest driver at Talladega. Let that sink in. Brad Keselowski has no chance in hell to win Las Vegas. Has no chance in hell at winning the Rovers. I cannot say that he does not have no chance in hell to win Talladega. All right. But but let me let me try to convince you here. This is why I said William Byron out, and I have Logano, BK, and Harvick moving forward. Here's my it, I already proved Byron. Brad Keselowski at Las Vegas top is a top ten. Talladega is his track where he plays chess in a checkers game. The Roval. Well, he's average. Logano. Reckon. <laughs> Logano and Harvick. <laughs> Logano and Harvick. You put their average finishes together. These three tracks. They are on top, and they're in the top three. Jordan Ryan, Ryan Blaney of all playoff drivers. So, and Logano, eight point four. And a 7.3 at Vegas and Charlotte Roval. So, Talladega, he may not do well. Harvick, 
with his momentum that he's been on the last few races, Harv, I, I can't argue the fact that Harvick moves on. And he averages inside the top 10 at the Charlotte Roval that a lot of these guys are going to be struggling at. So if Harvick can, if Harvick can do enough to stay with a lot of these guys, I have a good feeling that the Charlotte Roval, he's going to bounce over some of these guys. I don't need it. I just need my final point. I vote Harvick to be eliminated. I think that, I think, you know, there's a lot of times in situations like what happened in Bristol where a driver gets motivated. I feel like his motivation is gone. I feel like that, uh, that, uh, Oh. Um, I just feel like that uh, his time is his time is up, and the disastrous year that they've had. Uh, Harvick can come in and win Phoenix, take away from being the first time as ever that uh, the winner didn't become the champion. But um, just based where I am and and being hard headed and not removing Byron, I, I have to vote that uh, Harvick is eliminated, even though he's my driver. This just shows you, I am a Harvick fan. I'm a Harvick fan. But, you know, I, I, I stick to what I believe in. All right. Yeah, I think no. Harvick's going to be gone, too. What? Yeah. Chris yeah, I agree with you. Chris, oh, boy. <laughs> And I shared with you, and I'm not going to release this. On, I'm not going to release this on the race chat live page. But I, I, well, I need to smoke what y'all are smoking. Holy! Well, you live in Florida. You can smoke better than us. I shared with you in the race chat live in the message group who I believe my final four is. We'll see if it comes to fruition. No, oh my goodness. I'm not trying to look at that. I'll tell you right now, I don't see one of them making out of the round of eight. Oh, my God. Let me look. Oh, yeah, for sure. But. Well, wait, the four? Let me. Oh, the green. Let me be in the green. The green is the final four. Oh. So, hold on. What? Well, I mean, here's what right I here. think. Hey, we got it. We got here's it. Here's he, did it. he did it in the year of the Dodge. We've got to stay on track here, guys. We've got to stay on track. We're almost done. Go ahead, Ted. So, in agreement, do we have Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski moving forward? Yes. I think uh, I think our final, I think our four eliminated has already happened. I mean, it, it's weird how it worked out this way, but, but we were looking for one more guy to eliminate, and me and Greg eliminated Kevin Harvick. So that leaves Kedlowski and Logano in. I'm not sure of the All argument right. for either one of them, but, but it seems to be that somewhere or another we're lost with Byron. I feel like we're losing with Byron. I do. 
but I can't bet against Keselowski. And for 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 that bold pick, for uh, I, I you know what? The last time this kid was put in a situation where there was going to be major changes at the end of the year, we seen inside of Keselowski that rolled right into a championship. So I am not I'm not going to argue with what uh, with what Craig Moore has said here. As y'all know, I'm a Keselowski fan as well. Um, you know what? A, what a hell of a farewell tour! It's making it to the final four. He is uh, going to take care of his drive. He's already taken everything away from Keselowski that would have made him successful this year. So if Keselowski makes it to the final four with what he's got, then I guarantee you all resources will be put into Keselowski in the final if he makes it to the final four. So absolutely, and again, if you. He, if, if you remember right, they did that with, If you remember right, they did that with Dale Jr. too, DEI did. Once he announced where he was going, it seems like all the team's resources went elsewhere. And he proved it to be right. I don't think Keselowski is going to do that. I think he's going to he's going to move on. But he's going to do it on sheer grit and determination. And he's going to want that when they go back to qualifying next year, which I'm hoping that they do, that yes, he's got are. that they champion. They what? They have announced that they will be qualifying next year. And that's the way it should be. Um you know, he'll. I think he's gonna. I think that uh, he's gonna go on if he wins the championship this year. I think he'll be uh, the cock of the walk on every pit road next season. He'll be he'll be strutting his stuff like, look at I did. I brought a championship to Penske, but they don't get the advantage of it for the new season. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I've seen we've seen it with Tyler Reddick as well, but I have a feeling that Taz. Taylor, who we've now named Taz Moore, Taz Moore Taylor, uh, since, since Reinhardt changed his name to Moore, we're going to change Taylor to Moore as well. Um, <laughs> Taz Moore Taylor, the third? Why do you think Ted is going to be eliminated? <laughs> no, I have shit off you before. No, this is who I have eliminated. Uh, I have Kyle Bush. Alex Bowman, William Byron, Christopher Bell. Those are my four saying bye bye out the door. Give the what are my four? Two. What are my four? Did you copy? Did you write that down? I don't remember. I eliminated. Chris, right. Chris eliminated Harvick. Harvick. Chris eliminated Kyle yeah. Busch. Chris eliminated <laughs> Bowman. Bowman. And who is the last one? And Christopher Bell. No, 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 no. I think Christopher Bell is going to win at the Roval. Oh. And who did you say? Oh, boy. Well, Craig, on the other hand, has Ryan Blaney. I remember that eliminated. No, I, I have Ryan Blaney. Here, I got. I'll tell you because I got it in in form. 
I got Ryan Blamey, Blamey going home, Joey Logano going back to the house, Christopher Bell, and I don't know why I got to wear sunglasses at night. I'm not Corey Hart, Mr. Kevin Harvick. All right. I'm still trying to figure out who my last one is. I know I got Harvick, Bush, and Bowman eliminated. Well, it's got to be Logano. I did not eliminate. I did not eliminate. Isn't that crazy? I did not eliminate Elliot. Chris, I believe Chris, I believe your other driver is BK. Because if you're not eliminating Logano, then you're eliminating BK. No, I said BK could possibly win Talladega. The whole reason why I can't eliminate him. What's all, what's all twelve of them that are in the, that are in the chase? Read them for me. All right, down the 12, list, 12 top on, the bottom for the fall. Larson, yeah, Truex, Hamlin, Ryan Blaney. Chris, you said those four are moving on because you and I were in agreement with that. Because we were also in right. agreement with Kyle Busch being going home. Right. We both Bush, said Chase moving forward. Yeah, I didn't want to, but yeah. Okay, um, I do remember you saying uh, Harvick going home and Bowman. I think you said Bowman going home. Uh-huh. And Bush. You said Willie B squeaked in on the same page as Craig. Uh-huh. And if you're saying the possibility of BK and Christopher Bell winning Talladega in the Roval, then you got to be eliminating Logano. Wow. I think this is gonna this is gonna flip the board because I'm going I'm going I'm gonna eliminate Byron. You're going to eliminate Byron. I don't want to. No, no, I can't. I can't. That'll that'll completely screw up everything that we've done here. I guess I just got to take the L, man. J-Lo. I said one of the Penske drivers would be eliminated, and then I didn't eliminate a Penske driver. So, looks like I'm eliminating Joe Logano who I feel could make a mockery of everything I just said and make it to the final four. But we fall back to that inconsistency. So All right. You know, so that's a we bold claim. Brett Kozlowski should really be the guy out. He really should be, but but there again. Mm. So as a group We have come up with as we add as we get to the end of our Facebook Live here, roundtable discussions, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, William Byron, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski are the eight drivers moving forward, and we are kicking out the door Kyle Busch, Alex Bowman, Christopher Bell, and Kevin Harvick. That is what we have come up with as a team. We have separate opinions on some of these, but this is what we have come up with as a team. 
Mel Bush. Mel Bush, Harvick, and Bowman are out. Wow. That's, that's amazing. There's, 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 yeah, the majority rules. That is, that's right. But we may really miss it on this one. All right, well, we'll end and, the and, Facebook and I'm going to be mad because, it's because I know the proof is in the pudding. Tesla, Alki, and Byron both probably should be eliminated here. But we don't, we can't spend all day on it, so it is what it is. All right, so thank you. So we're gonna we're gonna mark in this. We're gonna mark in this. Brad K. and Willie B. All right, so I have this in. uh, I have this in um, Excel spreadsheet, and I'll share it. Kyle Busch out. Bowman out. Bell, of course, he should have been out. And Kevin Harvick, we'll see you later, Mr. Harvick. Bell should have been out. You just you just turned around Chris's point of why Christopher Bell, Christopher Bell is sitting right here right now. That's all right. Controversy creates cash, my friend. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to end this right now before we keep on dragging it. So, this is our round of 12. Larson, Truex, Hamlin, Blaney, Elliott, Byron, Logano, BK. Thank you all for tuning into our Facebook Live. We are continuing on Blog Talk Radio for the rest of Race Chat Live. And we'll see you all in a few weeks for when the round of eight begins. And we'll do this all over again and pick our final four. Thank you all for tuning in. And we are on Facebook Live. Well, that's going to be interesting in three weeks when we revisit it. That's definitely going to be interesting when we visit it in three weeks. Taz, why don't you give us your weekly rundown in the last race, I believe, at Fonda Speedway for the year, unless they do something over the next couple of weeks. All right. Well, Fonda Speedway, Fonda 200, was this past weekend. What a rundown we all got. And guess what, folks? Did you miss my highlight reel? If so, guess what? You're in for a treat tonight. Fonda 200, race chat lifestyle. Modified to green. Fonda 200 underway. Let's go. Jeff Rockefeller, Danny Barron, lead of the 40-plus car field to the green flag in the turns one and two for the first time. Your leader down the back straightaway is going to be Jeff Rockefeller. As everyone motors down the back straightaway in the turn three and four first time. Jeff Rockefeller leads lap number one, followed by Danny Barron in position number two as they, everyone motors down through. Move forward to three laps complete. Stuart Friesen trying to move through the field, but here's Danny Varon on the outside. New race leader off corner number three is Danny Varon. 
Move ahead to 38 laps complete. Danny Varon leads the field. Stuart Friesen hot in his heels from the second spot. As they go side by side in turn number four, as they catch up to lap traffic of Roger Enion Jr. and Brian Gleason, Danny Varon has a better run on the bottom as we are now 39 laps in. Danny Varon trying to hold off Stuart Friesen, but still lap traffic in front of him. Danny Varon shuts the door on Stuart Friesen. Friesen's going to have to check up, and he'll lose a little bit of momentum as Danny Varon tries to pull away. Move ahead to 65 laps complete. Stuart Friesen to the inside and turns one and two of Danny Varon. Danny holds him off as he rolled down the back straightaway. Stuart Friesen going down to the inside in turn number three. Friesen going to muscle his way down on the inside. New race leader off quarter number four. It's Mr. Freeze, Stuart Friesen, and he's going to try to work around the 55 of Brett Haas. Put him down a lap. Danny Varon's going to try to challenge on the inside. Brett Haas shuts the door and Stuart Friesen. Nope, is the door for Danny Varon. Danny Varon returns to the lead, going into turn number three. Stuart Friesen back to second as they motor down through turns three and four. Stuart Friesen trying to get around the 55 of Brett Haas, and he makes contact with him, and that gives him a right rear flat. Yellow is out 67 laps into the 200-lap event, putting Stuart Friesen behind the wall, and currently tracks are on the cr- – are on the scene trying to fix the car because there's a little bit more damage than just a right rear flat on the Helmar International number 44. And they're trying to get him back onto the racing scene to put him back into the winner column. We go back to green flag racing, 76 laps complete. Danny Varon and RJ Ronnie Johnson with Rocky Warner, the top three at the moment. When we go back to green, RJ is going to look to the inside of Danny Varon for the lead on the restart. Danny Varon is going to try to take off down the back straightaway. Moving forward ahead, Danny Varon caught up to lap traffic, trying to get around the 19 JR of Roger Henyon Jr. But here's RJ rocketing on the outside. New leader down the back straightaway into turn number three, 86 laps in. It's going to be R.J. Ronnie Johnson to the point. But here comes Rocky Warner on the outside trying to take over second. Moving forward to 99 laps complete as we get ready to complete the first 100 laps. R.J. going to lead the field to the halfway break. And R.J. will round turn four. Here comes Rocky Warner on the outside trying to get second, but it won't be enough. R.J. will lead the field to the halfway break. And at this point, this is where teams go behind the wall to make any adjustments. If they go behind the wall that they choose to make, or cars can stay into the infield and only do tire pressure, tear-offs, and refuel. And we go back to green flag racing for the second half of this race. It's going to be Matt DiLorenzo and Stuart Friesen leading him down in the turns one and two. Stuart Friesen on the outside. Matty D down low. And new race leader Stuart Friesen to the point off quarter number two. And putting Matt DiLorenzo back to second as they motor down to the turn three and four, leading lap 101 is going to be Stuart Friesen. See you goodbye to Matty D. Move ahead to 114 laps in. Josh Hohenforce and Tyler Dipple battling side by side, and Hohenforce going for a spin in turn three and four. Everyone trying to avoid him except for a hard hit to Alan Johnson in the 14J. That ends both of their nights. And we go back to green flag racing, 118 laps in. Stuart Friesen leading the field. And no turns one and two. Mike Mahaney in second. But here comes Rocky Warner. Gets by Matt DiLorenzo and Mike Mahaney. Move him up to second. As they go into the turns three and four. Move ahead to 129 laps in. Rocky Warner is caught up to Stuart Friesen. Looking on the outside. Trying to get around Stuart Friesen. 
Friesen gets a better run off the, off the inside, but they switch lanes in three and four. Stewart up high. Rocky down low, trying to work around the 27 AFC of Acres to put him down a lap. And their side-by-side drag race gives the lead to Stuart Friesen as they come across the line. Rocky Warner still on the bottom as they go into turns one and two, trying to get by the 44 of Friesen. Friesen trying to get around the lap traffic in front of them. And they're always going three wide into turn number three. Rocky Warner is going to lose momentum as he had to check up. Stuart Friesen continues to lead the way as they go down the front straightaway. Moving forward to the white flag this time. Stuart Friesen with a good, comfortable lead in the turns one and two. He won the resurgence version of the Fonda 200 two years ago in 2019. Looking to go back-to-back Fonda 200 victories in turns number four. Waving the double checkers is going to be Stuart Friesen picking up the win over Rocky Warner and Mike Mahaney, your podium finishers at the Fonda 200. And before I end the local race wrap-up here, I wanted to uh, say the Ron Bachman Memorial Race is going to be one that you guys do not want to miss. October 2nd at Dodge City Speedway. We'll have the Novice Motor Tire Predator Carts, Adult Motor Tire Predator Carts, and, of course, the, mo- the headlining mower modifieds. The current payout for the Ron Bachman Memorial Race, it is $500 to win for the mower modifieds. That's right. It says $500 to win that race. And for the rest of the payout for the mowers, five hundred dollars to win. Second gets two fifty. Third gets one hundred twenty-five. Fourth gets fifty dollars. Hard charger will walk away with seventy-four dollars, and of course, lap money on the line for the adult mower tire predators. The winner will receive a brand new predator motor, courtesy of courtesy of Adrenaline Rush Racing. Second and third place payouts will be based upon the number of entries we have. For the class. But again, October 2nd, you want to be there at Dodge City Speedway for the second annual Ron Bachman Memorial Race. Taz, give us the lap sponsors. And are we needing more lap sponsors for this race? No. Thanks to Race Chat Live and 110 Nation Sports, we have filled up all the laps for that race. Awesome. Good. Good. Awesome. Who are the who are the sponsors? I know. Uh, I know. Obviously, Race Chat Live, the one ten. Um, well, our sponsors. I, sponsors. We want to thank uh, Herrick Racing for putting up the original purse to begin with. Um, for the Hard Charger Award is courtesy of TNT Designs and more to music. In the lap sponsorship, thank you to MCB Property Management and Maintenance, Mandison Tactical Sense, Gene White, more to music, TG Photography, Phoenix Risen Holstein, BCR Race Products, TNT Motorsports Network, and of course, Race Chat Live and the 110 Nation Sports. And For the and the purse for fourth place was sponsored by the New Year Way Cafe. 
That's right in Gehari, right? I believe so. All right. All right, so we've got an interesting fan question here. Um, Chris, I'll let you... I'll let you... uh, Covered if you want. All right. Well, of course. Uh, do I, I got my microphone on? You guys can hear me. Yep. Yeah. All right. So it's from our our number one fan, Miss Rebecca Sears. Uh, this question this week, man, is on the money. I love it. Uh, she said, "I'm sitting here tonight at my campfire, looking at my black Jeep. It got me to thinking about different types of cars I've owned, and made me want to ask." What types of cars are used in NASCAR? I'm thinking no Jeeps. I've owned Fords and Chevys before. And what is going to be different with the next generation 7 car? As always, thank you for your time. Love, Miss Rebecca. So, uh, in the beginning, teams received little support from car companies themselves. Uh, This is from Wikipedia. But by the mid-1960s, teams began to creating partnerships with American manufacturers to provide factory support. This is where Chrysler, Ford, and General Motors come in primarily, not only for competitors, but for much of NASCAR's history. Plymouth achieved some uh, success during the 60s, but abandoned the sport in 1977. Uh, In the next decade, Ford's Mercury brand left, as did Chrysler's remaining brand in Dodge. General Motors has been using four different brands of NASCAR up to 1991, but within three years, Buick and Oldsmobile were no longer represented on the grid. Uh, some notable drivers that drove that Oldsmobile are the Buick. Uh, uh, Bobby Allison drove the Buick in the number 12. Harry Gant drove an Oldsmobile in the 33 uh, Skull Bandit car. Uh, Pontiac survived until 2004, leaving only Chevrolet as the lone General Motors division. In 2007, NASCAR invited Jap- uh, Japanese manufacturer Toyota to join NASCAR and became its first manufacturer since 1971, new manufacturer. Chrysler's Dodge brand returned after a 15-year hiatus in 2001, but departed after the 2012 season, leaving just Chevrolet, Ford, and Toyota. Chevrolet is the most successful manufacturer, having won 779 races, 39 manufacturing championships. Ford is second with 658 victories and 15 manufacturing championships. My Dodge is third and wins with 217. Plymouth ranked fourth, 190. Pontiac is ranked fifth with 155. And Toyota currently ranked seventh all-time with 115 victories. That was as of 423.18. I believe uh, Toyota has uh, probably jumped the board there on quite a few wins, possibly even has moved them up into the third spot. So, but the more interesting uh, thing from this question, I believe, are the types. She said the types of cars. So this is where it gets it, – because we all know growing up, we, we rode in some bangers and some beaters. And uh, so if you, by chance, have ever driven a Dodge Magnum or a Murata or an Intrepid or an Avenger or a Chrysler 300 – you may have driven a NASCAR. Now, the funny thing about the Chrysler 300 is that's not the newer model Chrysler 300. That is actually a model from 1954 through 1956. Also coming out of the Dodge Camp 
we raced the Belvedere, the Roadrunner, which was also named the Superbird, and the Savoy. Now, the Savoy was raced in the 1950s. Everybody knows the Roadrunner. Uh, that was the uh, the car with the wing on the back of it. Uh, that was uh, Plymouth car that really come in after uh, a Dodge had released the, uh, the the Charger Daytona, the Daytona Charger. Um, so also, for, oh, for Ford. So guys, if you've ever ridden in a Ford Fairlane dated 1955 to 1967, you, my friend, were in a NASCAR. A Ford Fusion from 2006 to 2018. Of course, if you ever were in a Ford Galaxy from 1960 to 1966, this, too, was a NASCAR car, the leading car seller for 20 years, I believe, 1998 to 2005. That car was probably the most notable uh, Ford car outside of the Thunderbird, which raced from 1950 to 60 and then from 77 to 97. Mercury dabbed a lot in the sport in the early 60s and 70s into the uh, 1980s season. A Monterey, a Mordor, a Comet, and a Montego were different brands used, but probably the most notable one would be the Mercury Cougar, which was driven by the Wood Brothers. Also, Lincoln and the Edsel was uh, raced, but those were raced in 1949 and 1957, and the Edsel was a 1959 model. A quick fact about the Lincoln, they tested a Lincoln car in the late 90s, early mid-90s. Uh, it was a Lincoln Mark 8. It was dressed in a Daryl Waltrip-themed race car. That was just a project car. It never came to fruition. On the GM Chevrolet side, of course, Buick. Everybody goes back to the Buick Regal, uh, which we called the Grand National uh, during the 85 to 88, 81 to 88. Uh, also, the Century, the Grand Sport, the Sabre was raced from 86 to 87. Everybody's had them a big body Buick one time in their life, or they've at least ridden in one. Uh, Somerset, also Cadillac. Uh, was had an unknown model from 1949 to 1955. And interesting enough, Chevrolet, well, they raced the Lumina, Monte Carlo, of course, the Silverado in the truck series, the SS Camaro, the Camaro Z01, and the Beretta. If anybody remembers Oldsmobile, the Oldsmobile Cutlass was uh, the, the race car, but also the Delta 88. And probably mostly when you say Delta 88, you remember... What, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, the Delta couldn't even get me to the shelter uh, eight miles. So. Pontiac had the Catalina, the Firebird, the Grand Prix, the Le Mans, the Tempest, and the GTO. Also, notable names that have dabbed in NASCAR at least one time or another, but most of these were pre-1971. Jaguar, MG Motor, Packard, Porsche, the Studebaker, uh, Volkswagen, also, Porsche, I believe I said that one. Alfa Romero and American Motors were uh, some of them as well. And, of course, we've already mentioned Toyota. Toyota, the interesting thing about their brand is they've only raced three different types of Toyotas in NASCAR in their uh, uh, lifetime since 2007. It's been the Camry, the Supra, and the Tundra. So the Tundra has been around since 2004. The Camry come on board in 2007. Very uh, and, and, and Miss Rebecca, who's listening to the show, 
uh, said, wow, I have driven a few of those models before. Never would have thought a Buick Regal was a race car in the past. Family had owned one growing up. Awesome answer to my question. Thank you so much. So that's live right there. She's listening to the show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I hope that we answer that. And so the new Generation 7 car, I don't think there's any changes to the manufacturer. The quick note about that is Chevy has announced once again they are discontinuing the Camaro. But they have not announced who they're going to replace that with in NASCAR. So we've done the pony cars for a while now. We left the SS, which was never really a popular car. Uh, it's hard to take the SS when you don't have the Monte Carlo in front of it. So it'll be interesting to see the Generation 7 car and what Chevrolet is going to pick as their as their model for production and uh, uh, to, to race. So uh, um, as of right now, it's still the Camaro, but Chevrolet had announced, I believe, last year that they were looking to discontinue the Camaro uh, brand once again. So thank you, Miss Rebecca, for that awesome question. Uh, we do believe the Generation 7 car will attract new manufacturers. Uh, just to name a couple that I would like to see in NASCAR, of course, I would love to see Honda, and I would love to see Kia. Those are two brands, whether Kia, Honda, or Hyundai, Kia. But I would like to see Kia, and I'd like to see Honda both join the sport and maybe bring back Dodge as well. So, uh, guys, y'all got anything to add to that? Uh, no. Who you'd like to I see as a manufacturer coming into the sport? If I were to see a new uh-huh. manufacturer, I would like to see Honda, being that they're an IndyCar. I mean, Ganassi could possibly pop back into NASCAR if Honda were to hop over. I'd like to see I'd like to see Honda as well. I think it would be interesting. And uh, I'd like to see Honda in there too, with a Kia or a, Kia or a Honda. Honda in there. Interesting. Well, Kia and Honda is the same thing. I believe BMW could have a spot. Um, also, Nissan could have a spot. Would, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, a Nissan. But all these are all the new car. The specific design of it was to was to attract new manufacturers into the sport. Whether or not they go with OEM or they go with something similar to yeah. the Eleanor Motor uh, would be up to the manufacturer as they come into the sport. We could definitely get them in a Eleanor Motor uh, right from the go if they wanted to develop a inline eight. Uh, to to meet the specifications of a NASCAR motor, but there is definitely a old Chevy motor that they would be glad to put off into that Nissan or Kia or anything like that. They do it, and and if, if I've confused you, I'm very sorry. They do this in the truck series. They have a they have basically a um, uh, um, a crate motor that will we'll, we'll use that terminology from the dirt track. They basically have a crate motor. That uh, is not any specific manufacturer, <coughs> Chevy, <coughs> Chevy, uh, but they call it the Eleanor motor, and that is uh, that is uh, a motor that can any team without manufacturer support can run that motor in the truck season. So uh, we're to the race picks now. Looks like uh, we've completed most of the show here tonight. I want to thank you guys for listening. Of course, if you not checked us out on the podcast, we've got we're on Google. <coughs> Podcast. We're on iHeartRadio. 
We are on Apple iTunes. Uh, we are on Spotify. Basically, uh, we're on Blog Talk Radio Network. You can re-listen to the show that way. Uh, you know, listen to the show, share the show. I hope you enjoy the show. That's the most important part of it. Uh, but uh, so we're we're to the pick. Also, check out Door Bumper Clear. That is one of my new favorite podcasts. I loved it. I love it. I catch every episode. It's awesome to hear their perspective of things, being that they're uh, spotters. I mean, that's what they are. They're, there's a couple of media people in there, and they're spotters. And you get a different view from the guys who are standing above the pit boxes and above the racetracks. They're the guys that are spotting these racers, and they they see things differently than what we do. And I, I appreciate their uh, their uh, input and stuff, and I've really enjoyed their show over the last few months that I've been listening to it. Uh, so we're going to Las Vegas. Money, 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 money. You expect to see Kyle Busch win at his home track. But I said before, JGR is not the strongest at these 550-horsepower racetracks. That's been more of a Chevy thing. Ford has been irrelevant, okay, to all of it. So you just get, if you're going to pick a Ford driver, you're just going to have to reach your hat, reach your hand in the hat, and pull out a name, and it'll probably be Ryan Blaney, um, because I, I just really, um, I just don't see uh, too many Fords being able to compete here at Las Vegas. Maybe we'll see something different than what we've seen so far this year, uh, but uh, we'll start with Taz. I guess. What are your picks? We'll do Craig first. My picks oh, are, Craig. I'll go after Craig. Okay. Craig Moore. Craig. My bad. I had you on mute. I had you on mute. That's mute. <laughs> I had you on mute. All right. So my truck pick. My truck pick, Sheldon Creed, A.J. Allmendinger. With your solid pick, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to go outside the box here. I'm going to, I'm going to pull a, I'm going to pull a Kotex out of a tampon bag, and I'm going to go with Kurt Busch for the win this weekend at Vegas. And if, wow. And here's why. What's that? This has happened before. This is a race he has won at in the last couple of years in a Ganassi car. He did it last year when I said y'all, when I said last year in in this round of playoffs, this was the only race that Kurt Busch needed to do success in. Otherwise, he would fail in the round, and he won. So I think that I think, and he's a now he's a non-playoff driver. So he wins. It throws a total monkey wrench into the point. So there is my three. All right. For this weekend at Lost Wages. My picks for the Lost Chuck Wages. series. I'm on the same page as Craig. I mean, Sheldon Creed, you can't go wrong with him. I mean, there's other good picks out there. John Hunter, Stuart Friesen's been on a tear as of late. Don't know where that's been for most of the season, but. uh, He's turning up when he needs to. You got Chandler Smith, who 
one at Bristol and got his way in. Yeah, we didn't even so talk about that here tonight. But, um, John, but uh, I'm going with Sheldon Creed. I mean, I know he's got two of the last three races, but being a mile and a half, and he's got plenty of talent. Got a ride lined up with RCR next year in the Xfinity Series. Can't go wrong with that. On the Xfinity side, I have selected Noah Gregson. He's on a he's on a good hot streak as of late. You can't go wrong with that. And I'm not going to argue the fact, and Noah's going to change my mind on it. Kyle Larson for the Cup Series. Wow. Uh, I think I've already posted mine. Make sure that I said the same ones that I said. I got them. Where'd they, where'd they go? So I got John Hunter Nemechek. No surprise there. Uh, quick note, we did not talk or discuss John Hunter Nemechek and the BS move that he pulled to get Stanley uh, Smith into the playoffs there. I think uh, that was a that was a blatant move that NASCAR should have caught. But I, I digress. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek still my favorite. I mean, he is. And Noah Gradson, uh, boy, oh, boy, that's his home track, man. I got to go with the hometown boy uh, with Griggs in it. But you know what? I've got to gain some points, too. So I'm going with Larson on the cup side. I, you know, given give or take, Larson will be in the top three unless something happens at Las Vegas. And it's all about scoring points from here on out. Uh, something else I believe we left on the table was Todd Dillon. Todd Dillon got a... Uh, cup ride. Um, I think it's part time. You guys remember me sharing that? Do y'all remember who that was? Uh, I think it might be full time with GMS with rumors that I have heard. Okay. So, also, Star, Star Racing announced that they, uh, Announced that they are uh, they sold their charter. Um, yeah, Ty Dillon did get a ride, and I still cannot figure it. See, see where where that was shared at. Uh, but Ty Dillon got him a, a cup ride. Sorry, I'm leaving y'all hanging on that one. Uh, before we go, we're gonna have a toasted tweet, a new segment tweet. that has been. Uh, we've been talking about. So if I can uh have y'all's attention here. The read off a couple of course toasted tweets. Of course we all know the fiasco that happened with Chase Elliott and uh um Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. So this one yes, I did at Chrissy twenty four said had a legit fight transferred the fact that Chase Elliott confronted Kevin Harvick without a helmet after last night's race tells you all you need to know about who would have won. And he equates Chase's actions as chicken shit. You just can't make this stuff up. From Jordan K. 
seconds. Now, I'm just going to run you the fuck over. The bear has officially been woken. Also, from T.J. Vakura, it's Chase Elliott is a spoiled pretty boy. He must have forgotten what he did to him and Joey Logano at Bristol last year. Way more egregious than what happened last night. He needs to grow up. This was a racing incident and nothing intentional by Kevin Harvick. By Dwight McKinney, which is at DM McKinney 882014. Full circle, Harvick, the young son, climbs on Rudd's car 20 years ago at Richmond. Now he's the old man keeping his helmet on and backing down uh, from the young gun. So, and um, from Beer Can in turn four, an ass rocket F. Harvick. I thought that one was pretty good. Uh, this one from Dustin Burke. I doubt that Kevin Harvick talked a lot of shit, ran mid-pack, and got mad whenever he was raced the way he raced Chase on Saturday. Kind of like the night he started shit with Ricky Rudd and got tagged. Yep, yep, mouth. Changed my mind. I'm kind of not, uh, not too sold on that one. This one is not racing-related, but I think we can all get a good laugh. Would you? The question is, would you take a car that had a free car sign on it? This is no lie, a headline from our local news station. Man, men take vehicle with free car sign, find body in trunk. Now, is that not hilarious? Uh, post a tweet. Hey, Kyle Bush asking for a friend. Is John Hunter Nemechek going to get a cut of that winnings check? <laughs> Also from Jason Rudd. Remember, these are toasted tweets. Thinking about flying out to Los Angeles for this new event, I heard the campground is going to be epic. Hint, hint, skid road. NASCAR is going to L.A. I want to go to date a big butt model and take her to the race. And it's a picture of a queen with, uh, well, I can't really finish the rest of that. So uh, I think I have a couple more here. I think that Rick Rare racing winning in a Dodge is more realistic than free health care when it comes to one of these things happening in America someday. We'll stay on Rick Rare for a second. <laughs> Rick Rare racing should use some common sense and get out of NASCAR for good. They're a hazard on the track, and they're going to get someone hurt or killed. Uh, Sterling Marlin wants to race for Rick Ware Racing next season. Uh, that's not even funny. Come on, where's my where's my drums in the background? Um, too soon? NASCAR, only you can fuck up the greatest two weeks and keep NASCAR out of L.A. Your fan base is made up of mostly Republicans, so you want to kick the season off with a bunch of liberals. You fucking <laughs> the middle finger. <laughs> NASCAR, NASCAR playoffs, NASCAR. Hashtag NASCAR, Fox Sports, Dale Jr. Keep NASCAR out of L.A. I can't believe NASCAR is the only one doing one-off weekend in 22. The winner is going to be busy building a new car. I feel awful for the crew. And uh, that is... Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There is one more. Seeing a lot of... This is from Dave Moody. Seeing a lot of comments from people who watched the MTV Video Music Awards last night. Two thoughts. One, I thought MTV stopped running videos in the 1980s. Two, apparently live music performance are now soft porn with a music track. Sorry, I missed it. Not. 
So that was uh, that was a posted tweet from our uh, beloved Dave Moody, the Godfather of Radio. Guys, what did you think? Of, I didn't hear a lot of laughing in the background. Were, were, they, were they not funny? Was it too many? Kind of uh, me out here. I already, I already laughed a lot of them when I first saw them. Yeah, no, I laughed at them, but I had yawn. I had it on mute for the background noise. So we're going to have to play in some uh, some some laughter or whatever from now on when I start reading them because you guys gave me no help at all. As a matter of fact, it was kind of dry radio I felt like there for for just a few minutes. Of course, the um, nonchalant Bubba Wall laugh from uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. It's a good thing he don't listen to this show because he'd swear to God we were racist and didn't like it. <laughs> well, at least it has got, nothing to do with his. It has nothing to do with his skin color. It's just that he sucks as a driver. <laughs> well, we want to thank you guys for listening but, to Race Chat Live. Uh, well, Craig Moore has a hot tub to get to. I have a warm bed to get in. And Taz Taylor, well, he's the Tasmanian devil. I'm sure he's going to, uh, well, we know, we're not going to speculate on what Taz Taylor is going to do tonight. So, uh, Taz, what do you got planned for the rest of the night? Who are you going to terrorize? Um, nobody. It's called my bed. Right, four in, says, four uh, in the morning comes early. All right. Yeah, it comes at 4 o'clock. That ain't early. Yeah, that's for me. Early. I don't see how you guys do it on the East Coast there. It's, it's still it's still before nine here. Y'all got another hour and a half before you get in bed, and you get up two hours earlier than we do. I, I, I just you didn't make it down here in the south. Well, I want to try like hell. Oh, is that? I'm how going you to bed down here, Craig. Is that? I mean, is this a no. resident? No, no, no. Come down and visit with with Dad. Promise. Promised we'd come down in September, so <laughs> got down here and uh, we're gonna visit with him for a couple more days and then fly back to the house and finish out wedding season and who knows? I mean, I who knows? Real quick, Craig, before we go, did you buy a one-way ticket or, or all or, or a round ticket? Well, it's round trip. Oh goodness, he is going back home, you know. New York, your your uh, your DJ but of listen, the North. I will tell you this. Listen, this is some funny shit. You live in you live in the South. We went to Walmart the other. We went to Walmart yesterday. We're back in the men's section. I see hoodies, winter coats, and uh, footy pajamas. For the winter time, I'm thinking the coldest it gets here in Cleveland is like 40, and then by nine o'clock it's 80. What the hell you need footy pajamas for? What do you need a winter coat for? What do you need hoodies for? I think they screwed up. They should have sent that shit to Amsterdam, New York, to that Walmart, so Taz and his crew would have to deal with it. But instead, they sent it down here. Yeah, yeah, not, it doesn't get cold that often in Florida, but uh, we we hope to have you as a full time resident down here sometime in the next year. Or so, Craig, just do it, man. Just do it. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll work on getting Taz down here as well. And then uh, next we'll work on Jason and Brandy. 
to get them down here as as we uh, as we start our political show up next. Yeah, I can tell you, I kind of like this governor we got. They got down here, right, Ron? Uh, yeah, yeah, he believes in freedom. Yeah, I mean, there are some places here that you have to wear a mask into, um, but. You know, it is what it is. I don't get pissy anymore about it because I look at it like this. It's the new norm. Yes. Um, I may not agree with it, but it is what it is. Uh, Our guy was on the news tonight talking about how awesome it was that there wasn't very many flu cases because the flu cases mixed with the COVID cases and we had had a big disaster. But he said that uh, hopefully they'll get it all under control. We can still wear a mask, and uh, that way we can keep the flu uh, from uh, from having uh, the the impact that it's had in the past. So basically, what they're saying is there are some places that we will probably never not have a mask mandate again. So uh, you know, yeah, take it off. You got to throw it to them. You got to burn it. You got to show them. But you're not going to wear a mask for the rest of your life in fear of something that you know really only affects one to. Two percent of the population, anyway. So, uh, but I'm not going to get into that subject or that argument here tonight. Uh, it's your choice, your body. We have already established those guidelines, and uh, I think that that should be uh, something that you take up with your doctor and not uh, three guys on the radio who talk about racing. Uh, thank you for listening to the show here tonight. Uh, did we need to be? A, did we need to put a, a disclaimer on here? Uh, maybe we do need to before the year is out. Maybe we should start next year with a disclaimer. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, uh, so no, let's uh, say something real quick. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Chaz Thompson has really started his elevation point. Remember when Chaz first came on our show a few years ago, a couple of years ago, he was living out of his car. He was, well, this guy, he is still traveling the nation. He's still going to dirt races after dirt races. He has a companion, a buddy now, a friend, a life partner. And uh, it's a female, so we're proud of Chaz. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, but uh, I'd like to have Chaz here on the show uh, before the year is out. Uh, we can get get caught up with the guy who's uh, literally devoted his life to <laughs> chasing Kyle Larson up and down the road. I, I, I guarantee you he has as many miles put on the road this year as what Kyle Larson has had in the air. So, uh I mean, Chaz has really gotten around. If you haven't, long live the Chaz. You can check him on Facebook. We're going to give him a cheap shout-out here tonight as we get ready to close the show. Because, I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys still follow him, but he's he's made he's, he's made leaps and bounds from where it started a few years ago with him. Uh, basically, the whole Jeff Gordon rant, you know, NASCAR, blah, blah, blah. He's, uh, he's focused in on what he's been good at. And, uh, and uh, if you haven't checked out long live Chaz, uh, on Facebook, and you haven't been catching up with what he's been going, what's what's been going on. Well, you should, because he's uh, he's really put his heart and soul into it, and I've always been a big fan of him. Uh, but uh, so, thank you for listening to the show here tonight. We'll go ahead and close this thing out. Uh, Taz Taylor, I'm sending it to you. Well, well, this has been another episode of Race Chat Live on Monday night here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll see you back here next Monday night, same time, same place. We are joined by Terrell Racing at 8.30 next week. We'll have him on for about 20, maybe 30 minutes and talking about his season over at Fonda and 
Um, probably discuss their further 2022 plans, and we'll get ready for that. So, again, thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you for tuning in for our Facebook Live roundtable discussion. And, again, same time, please, 8 o'clock. Have a good night, folks. Don't forget, Southern Dirt Track Report on Thursday night. We'll see you there. Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Planting the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way That's just a little bit more than the normal life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood.